This year, we, we are very intentional about growing. We, 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 want, we want to grow in God, with God, and we want Him to grow us so that we can make a difference in this world. Because I believe just getting saved to come to church once a week is not enough. I don't believe the Creator of the universe gave up everything so that we can have it and start it and end it right here. I believe this is a time where we can come together and be encouraged, um, kind of get like energized, topped up. Um, don't know what kind of energy drinks you guys drink. Um, I run on children. I don't drink them, but they keep me going. <laughs> and, and, and so that we can head into the week. The week when we aren't together, the days where we don't get to stand with each other and just worship, this is supposed to get us going into that. And as we grow, God uses us wherever we are. So today I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Mark. If you have your Bibles, uh, it's uh, in the New Testament. Um, it's the second book of the New Testament. I had to, this week we are teaching our kids how to navigate the Bible, and it's a lot of fun. Don't judge me as a pastor. You know, I thought when you become a pastor, your kids automatically learn these things, you know. Like, just supernaturally, they can tell you where every book, every miracle that Jesus did is in the Bible, and um, no, they are human just like me. And so, um, you know, we've been teaching them foundations, uh, because I can't expect the world to teach my kids about Jesus. And so God has given me mission and given me authority and given me um, the way to raise my kids the way he needs me to raise them so he can transform them to become who he needs them to be. So we, we've been on this journey on learning small things like where are the books in the Bible? Which scriptures does Jesus use to tell us who we are and how much we love him or how much he loves us? And I know it sounds like basic, but when we do the basics, we find out there is blessing. And we mustn't forget that because it is something Jesus didn't want our walk with him to be something that is difficult. He wanted it to be as easy as can be. He lowered the bar for us to get into heaven by dying on the cross for us. It's not difficult. We, we basically fall into heaven, but we need to accept him as our Lord and Savior. But let's see. Turn with me to the book of Mark. We're going to be in the book in chapter 5, sorry. And uh, we're going to be reading from verse 1. And this is what it says. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. I like when he arrived, someone came to meet him. <laughs> Don't you guys just feel special when you arrive at some place and they come out to meet you? Um, my kids feel special because they come home and I run and I go and meet them. I come home and they play games. Um, <laughs> Verse 3, this man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains, for he had often been chained hand and foot, 
but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. I just want to tell you something. Whatever you are going through, whatever situation, whatever problem you're facing has to bow down when you step into the presence of Jesus. See, where the Spirit of God is, there's freedom, there's peace, there's joy. So if we want to make it through this year, can we find ourselves more in His presence than trying to perform and make it difficult for ourselves? If we want to see growth, get into his presence. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Can I tell you, there are, if you believe in Jesus, you've got to understand that there are demons. And if you don't believe in Jesus, but you say there are demonic principles, guys, there is a Jesus. And Jesus came, and and Jesus came to set us free from these things. So don't walk around and go, there's no such thing. Because they are real. And we don't have to fear them. Because greater is he that is in me. Come on, finish that. Than he that. Come on. There we go. Let's close our Bibles. Let's go home. You guys know what you are doing. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Because why? He was comfortable there. He knew how to control that place. And Jesus said, hold on. A large herd of pigs were feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus... Uh, Send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. I, I was telling my wife, I believe that animals can be possessed. Have you ever walked past a demonized dog in your street? Here it is. It is fact, people. Come on, man. Oh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They were afraid because Jesus did something no one else could do. What no man could do, no no matter how wise, how strong, they couldn't do anything to help this guy And Jesus said, I can do it. Where was I? 16. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. And then in verse 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you 
and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Before we pray, let me give you the title of my message. Look what the Lord has done. Can, 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 can we take a moment to just turn to someone and say, look what the Lord has done. Come on, turn to someone. You've got to tell them, Levino, my prop, look what the Lord has done. And all you need to do is smile. Quickly smile at the person next to you and tell them, look what the Lord has done. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you for what you have done in our lives. We get to stand here and we get to say that even though, even though it was tough, even though it is tough, even though I have no idea what is going to happen, I can say you are still good. And Father, we pray that as we just read and just dive into your word, I pray that you would grow us, do what only you can do, transform us and change us, and equip us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody had a life-changing moment? Life-changing moment. I'm sure everybody has had a life-changing moment once upon a time. Or if you can't remember a specific moment, we have those moments in time that have steered and shaped the direction we walk in. Like getting married was a life-changing moment, in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> Sexy. Having kids was a life-changing moment. And we, we still, it's still a journey. It's <laughs> but if you go have a look up the, the phrase life-changing, it is a moment, an experience, or an encounter that has such a strong effect that it changes your life. Now, I've heard people say, um, I went to a Justin Bieber concert and it was life-changing. <laughs> I'm a believer. <laughs> no, no. I, I can honestly say I, I've listened to music and it's changed my life. Uh, I went from listening to R&B because that's all they listened in my house and I heard The Offspring for the first time and now I'm a coconut. White on the inside, brown on the outside. It changed my life. But the question that you've got to ask yourself when it comes to things that we say are life-changing, what is it that changes? As, as Christ followers, that is what I want us to to, to refer to us as Christ followers, we are constantly being transformed day to day in our lives. He is changing our lives daily, never to be the same again. Because if you are sitting here, there has been a time, and if it hasn't happened, there is going to be a time when you encounter Jesus and he saves you. But can I honestly tell you something? Once he saves you, he starts to change you. Because we cannot get into his presence and go, hey, 
Jesus, be Lord and Savior of my life and not have what we are stay the same. He is constantly changing us. How many of you would love Jesus to come right now? But can I tell you something? Until he does, we are on mission. Uh, we, were, we were at a friend's church, and he said something lovely. It's like, we are family on mission. And that is who we are. We are currently a family that is on a mission, and our mission is to populate heaven and empty out hell. You guys don't sound convinced. <laughs> to populate heaven... And to empty out hell, that is your mission, nothing else. Come on. We want to tell, and the way we do that is tell the world about an out-of-the-world God. Introduce an extraordinary God to an ordinary bunch of people. Because it's only through the power and the encounter of Jesus Christ that things can change. So, the way we get to do that is what Jesus told this guy right at the end of that passage Go tell the world what God has done. And I just want to bring Romans 10, 14 up for you guys. Uh, it's a very good verse. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without summing someone preaching to them? In some translations, it's as simple as they say, without someone telling them. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, I am a product of the scripture. You are a product of the scripture. Someone got a message and was sent to go and tell it. And they came and told us about it. And we heard about the goodness of Jesus and about his love. And we believed and it changed our lives. And now our mission is, now you go. You go and tell. But what about my studies? It's okay. Go study. Go and tell. Where do I study? It doesn't matter. Go study. Go tell. But what about my marriage? It's okay. Stay married. Love your person. Go tell. That is all we have to do. Go and tell. And before you guys clutch out and switch off and say, oh, now he wants us to become pastors. That is not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, go and study theology and become a pastor. He said, go to your people and tell them about the goodness of God. And so today, I just want to look at a few things, three things that we can use to tell people about the goodness of God. The first thing is, we need to tell them, you look at them, you smile at them, and you say, look what he's done for me. Because that's the place where we have to start. So look what God has done for me. Mark chapter 5 verse 1 says, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Now this is very interesting because if you go and read the Gospels, Jesus will always say that the reason he is here was so that the Jews could have an encounter with the living God. 
because they were waiting for the Messiah to come and, and, and save them. And they were expecting someone big on horses, you know, with muscles and tattoos and a sword. Can I say sword? Sword. <laughs> My English. <laughs> and Jesus came as a baby. And he came for them, the Israelites, the Jews. But while he was on mission, he decides to take a detour. How many of you guys love detour? I, everybody's just like, I don't like a detour. I like, we, we, we went on holiday and we left early hours of the morning and I enjoy the fact of putting the kids in the car, having them sleep. We don't give them anything to drink for 18 hours, so they're dehydrated and we get there in time. The only one that bugs me is my wife. She goes, hey, hey, I need the bathroom. I'm like, woman, no, I love you. But you see, Jesus takes a detour on his mission to encounter his people, and he goes to this place. And the interesting thing that I need to point out about this place is the guy he encounters is not a Jew. He's not an Israelite. He lives in a Greek city. That is why there are pigs in the story, because the Jews found pigs to be unclean, and no one wanted to touch anything unclean because it would keep them away from entering the temple and connecting with God. So when Jesus encounters this guy, he leaves his place to find a Gentile that needs to be saved. Does that story sound familiar to you? That our God, what he did for us was he loved us so much that he left his place in heaven to come down to earth and meet us where we are. This detour was so insane that Jesus crossed a sea. If you go read in chapter 4, he crosses a sea. And there's this storm that is preventing them from crossing over. In one of the translations, um, in one of the Gospels, you will, you will see this is the part where uh, Peter steps out in faith. In most accounts, it's where Jesus speaks to nature and tells it to yield yet at his voice. And that is what God has done for me and what he's done for you. That he would go to lengths. Nothing will stop him from encountering us. See, this guy didn't do anything deserving of having Jesus come to him. What did he do? He cried out. In, in certain studies, they say Jesus went up to the mountains to pray every evening and early hours of the morning. And they say in this text, this, this guy was crying out day and night. And apparently Jesus would have heard him from across the ocean, the sea, sorry, not the ocean, the sea. And that's why Jesus says, I have to make a quick stop there. But when you cry out, Jesus hears. And he goes, listen. I've got to get to you. He will meet us where we are in whatever mess we are in. Jesus will come and he will pull us out of it. Um, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've got kids. One of them is a teenager now. And our biggest problem is them cleaning their rooms. And it's very messy. Do any of you guys have messy kids? 
and Missy spouse. I see wise men put down their hands. The women are going, oh, my man is cool, man. But my kids, their room is such a mess. You know, I wake up in the morning and when I have to wake them up and I see the mess, I just close the door and I carry on with my life. I'm like, it's okay, stay there. When my wife, my wife is like Jesus. She's more like Jesus. She will go into their mess, meet them in the place they are, wake them up and save them. And <laughs> you see, in the jokes, Jesus isn't scared of your mess. He died on the cross before we were born, and he said, this is for you. So if you are in a situation right now and you say, I can't get out of it, it's okay. Jesus is not scared of your mess. Jesus is not scared of anything. He's not scared of a storm. He's not scared of a tomb. He's not scared of whatever you have put yourself in. He will always come and take you out. So you can go up to someone and say, look what he's done for me. He loved me so much. He loves you so much that this is what he's done for you. And that is one way we can say, look what the Lord has done for me. And then the second thing I want to talk about is, look what he's done in me. Jesus will always start working in us. Like I said in the beginning, he will save you and then he will change you. Because when he saves you, you, what is the first thing you do when, when something changes in you? You want to tell people about it. When I got engaged, Ellie told it, everybody. I don't think Facebook was around then. Everybody knew. When something good happens to you, you want to tell people about it. But while you're telling about it, there are certain things that God needs to change within you. Have a look at Mark 5, 15, because when they came to Jesus, this is the people that were in the area. These people knew this guy. And when they came to Jesus... They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. Not his left, his right mind. Sorry, bad pastor joke. And they were afraid. What is Jesus doing in your life at this moment? Jesus does transformation in us, not because he thinks we suck. It's because... He's got a job for us to do. And we need to change on the inside that no matter what we experience on the outside, we have the tools, we have the, the confidence, we have the ability to go, okay, I put my trust in you, Lord Jesus. Not in what I can do, but in who you are. This is what he does. He works in us so that we can live past our brokenness, past our per hurt, our pain, our past. He works in us so that we can love people more and trust in Him. He works in us so that we can have faith to keep going. This is what Jesus does in us. The people didn't know what to do with Him. 
And when people don't know what to do, they give you rules. They put you in a box. They chain you up. They tell you you are broken and you put a chain on you so that you can't move. You think your situation is so bad, no one can help you, so you separate yourself from friends that can pray with you and lead you to Jesus, but you say, no, I don't want any of that, so I chain myself. Where people chain, Jesus sets free. Wherever you are, don't put anything on you. Take it off. Allow Jesus to work in you. See, they all saw the change. Can your people see the change in you? If you have to step back into, um, we went back to my hometown for Christmas, and we, we were sitting at a water park. We were actually kind of hiding from people uh, because um, I know a lot of people there, and I just wanted to be with, uh, you know, with my family, and we were sitting there with some friends, and while we were sitting there, um, these people ran past us, but I didn't notice them, but they saw Allison, and they ran to Allison, and they go, we thought that was Milo, and then we saw you, and it is Milo, but when people see you, can they see the change that God has done in you? Has your speech changed since you've encountered Jesus? Are you speaking life as your conversations healthy? Is what you do different? Is where you go different? You see, it doesn't all change immediately, but God works in us so that we can change day by day. Transformation is a process. But can people see the change when they encounter you? My oldest son, he is amazing. When he was a whole lot younger, you could tell who he spent time with. So the first three years of his life, he would spend more than eight hours of the day with Ali's parents, and they are British. So he would come home and sit on the grass and send us to the garage. <laughs> I have no idea where the garage was. I thought it was a vegetable and found it's a garage. <laughs> he had such a British accent. And then he went to school and he came home and he sounded very local, guys. Very, very local. I am grateful he has, he has figured out who he is. But can people hear the change in you because you've spent time with Jesus about what he's done in you. You see, when this guy was possessed, he was angry, he was violent, he was suicidal, he was crazy, he was out of his mind. But when he encountered Jesus, they were so scared of the change because they couldn't believe it. Jesus will meet you where you are, but he will never leave you there, and he will never leave you the same. Don't want to remain the same. That's why we're going. This is a, this is a year where we want to grow. We want to change. We want to be different. And we get to tell people all about what the Lord has done 
for me and in me. The last thing I want us to look at is, look what he is doing through me. Because I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm equipping my kids to see them function beyond me. My parents raised me and educated me so I can stand on my own feet. So Jesus comes and he goes, I will do something for you, in you, and watch me use you to reach someone else. I'm going to equip you to do something. Mark 5, verse 15 to 18 says, And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man had, who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people. Yeah, you understand why Jesus says, go to your own people. Because he was a Gentile. And Jesus was going back to the Jews. But he wanted to come and be in Jesus' presence. But Jesus says, hold on. It's not your time for you, but you go to your own people. And tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he had had mercy on you. So the man went away, began to tell the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people. All the people. Now, if you go and do a study on the word all, you will find it means all. <laughs> so difficult, guys. Study Greek for this. Everyone that he encountered was amazed. I know it's easier to talk about everything besides our faith to people. And I'm not talking about just strangers. I'm talking to people we know. It's, it's easier to talk about, you know, what I eat or what I don't eat. Oh, I'm gluten-friendly. Oh, no, I'm gluten-free. It's like... How do you know someone does banting? They'll tell you. <laughs> and people will more often tell you their likes and their dislikes and allow you to join that conversation than tell you what God has done in their lives. And we don't want to say anything because people are so easily offended by you saying, Jesus, in not a blaspheming way, and then they go, whoa, hold up, hold up. I don't want to do that. But check this out. Remember at the beginning I said it's not that difficult. It doesn't have to be difficult. Because yeah, Jesus tells us what we should do. We need to just tell people how he saved us, how he's blessed us, how much he loves us, what he's doing for us and what he's doing through us. But start with the people closest to you. Start with your family. When was the last time you told your spouse what God has done for you? Have you had an encounter with Jesus in your quiet time while praying on the road while worshiping? Guys, I saw this dude. We were on our way to Glen Gary, and he was sitting in the car next to us. Man, and he was belting a song. It wasn't a Christian song. At least I didn't hear that one. But man, top voice. He was going at Have you seen those people in, in, in traffic before? 
Have you been that person in traffic before? I'm sure people have looked at me and gone, oh my gosh, he's something wrong with him. Guys, sit there and I cry. I went, and a guy with a beard crying, there's something wrong. And especially if he's in a bucky, no one cries in a bucky. Like, and he's just big. Like, and meanwhile, I'm just enjoying the presence of Jesus. But in any case, he says, tell people closest to you. When last did you share with those who have kids, with your children, the goodness of God in your life? When last have you told your parents what God has done in your life? Do you have friends close enough to go, look what the Lord has done? Jesus says, I'm not going to make it difficult for you. Just go tell your people. Who are your people? Who is your tribe? This um, week, I met a new barber, and dude, made your boy look fresh. Yeah, I got a compliment. I'm like, you look so young and thin. I'm like, well, let's shave something else then. <laughs> um, so I've, I, 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 had, I had an encounter with a, a new barber, and you know, when I got the, the conversation started with um, everything from load shedding, hey, to what he was doing before he started this. And, and we were discussing his life story. And it ended, I mean, like there were not much to do here. But it started off in a chair getting shaved. And it ended with us swapping voice notes about scripture, about praying. He didn't, I didn't walk in there and go, hey, I'm a pastor, you better shave me, I need to look good for Sunday. I said, hey, how's it going? And I leave, and he sends me a voice note. It's like, dude, there's something about you. And I wanted to say it, but he had another client come in, and then we started talking just about how he spends time praying on his scooter while he's driving to gym. And then we got into some really weird stories about where God speaks to both of us, and I'm like, that's my man, that's my people. But it went from one thing and it ended up with telling each other about the goodness of God. And it's as simple as that. Are you available? You see, Jesus says, tell your people. Go tell your people what, what God has done. And he ended up going to tell the Decapolis. Decapolis isn't a city. It's a group of cities. Deca is the Greek word for ten. Polis, uh, the word that we derive the word uh, metropolis from, so it's 10 great cities in one. You guys know of anything like that here in Cape Town? The northern suburbs? I'm just saying. There are places, you have people in all these areas that you get to tell, look what God has done. And while you're telling them about what God has done for you and in you, you will come to realize that while you're doing that, he is doing something through you. And I'm here to tell you today, your story doesn't have to be one where it was so bad, and this is what Jesus pulled me out of in order for you to tell someone and have them be infected by the love of God. It can be a simple thing that I didn't do anything bad my entire life. God had spared me all this. Look, at what he has done in my life. In the chaos of the world, my friends have done this and that, but he has kept me. And this is what he's done in me. 
you have a family member, a friend, a work colleague, a neighbor that is one story away of hearing the goodness of God from having their life changed. All we have to do is go, look what the Lord has done. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, you are so good. There is something we each have inside of us that we can tell people, look what you have done for us, in us, and through us. So Father, I pray, where we have forgotten that, bring it to mind, but we want new encounters with you. We want fresh encounters with you. Place on our hearts people that we can tell these stories to. Maybe we are ones that need to hear about the goodness of God from someone else that will increase our faith to do the same. So Father, send people our way as well. Not to have holy huddles, but to have faith increased in us. So I just want to pray over each and every one right here, right now, just for more boldness, Lord Jesus, for open doors and opportunities, for moments where all we get to do is like, can I just tell you something? Can I just share something with you? May we see the world changed one person at a, at a time. And if you are sitting here, if you're online, and you have never given your heart to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. So if that is you, you're in the hall while everybody's eyes are closed, if you want to make a decision to say, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life, I want him to be my savior, I would like to give you that opportunity, the exact same opportunity I was given so many years ago. Because Jesus loves you. Nothing stopped him from saving you. You are on his mind. So if that is you today and you want to know Jesus, I just want you to slip up your hand. And for anyone online as well, I just want you guys to all pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today and ask you to save me. Thank you for your love. And right now, I repent of all my sins. And I turn to you and ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for your love. I ask you to change my mind and my heart. I want to be yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So Father, I pray over everybody that prayed that prayer and made it real in their hearts today. That will settle in that you love them so much. I pray that you would start changing them from the inside out. 
fill them with your Holy Spirit right now as well, Lord Jesus. Top them up. In Jesus' name. Amen.